theologian and pastor from Louisville, Kentucky, has called for an end to instrumental music in church. Is his proposal serious, or is he making a deeper point about the church's worship? Pastor Greg Gilbert joins us as we delve deeper into the worship wars. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now here's today's host, Denny Burke. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. This is Denny Burke. I am very happy to be back again in the captain's chair filling in for Dr. Jerry Johnson. And uh, I, this is the second time this week that I've been here. Earlier this week, I came on the show to discuss with Dr. Johnson a short little essay written by a man named Greg Gilbert. The essay is titled Against Music. And the very first paragraph of this essay calls for an end to instrumental music in churches. Greg Gilbert writes this. He says, I think the entire evangelical world ought to put a moratorium on any kind of instrumental music and just chant psalms in their worship services for the next 10 years. Now, on Monday, we spent a a segment on this topic, but the topic deserves much more attention than we were able to give it on Monday. So today, what we're going to do is to take the whole show to consider Greg's essay, Against Music. Greg will be joining us for the program, and we look forward to discussing this with you as well as you call us at 1-800-881-9270. The number here at the show is 1-800-881-9270. Once again, this is Denny Burke sitting in for... Dr. Johnson. Now, before we have Greg come on, I just want to tell you a little bit about Greg Gilbert. Uh, Greg did his undergraduate study at Yale University, where he completed a degree in history. Currently, he's a Ph.D. candidate in theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. In addition to his academic work, Greg is a pastor at the Third Avenue Baptist Church in Louisville. He also writes extensively for Nine Marks Ministries, for whom he wrote the article that is the topic of our discussion today. And Greg is a native of East Texas, so he's no stranger to these parts, and we're happy to welcome him to the program. Welcome, Greg. Hey, Denny. It's great to be with you. Man, it's great to hear from you. You know, I'm just curious, what part of East Texas are you from? I'm from a little town just south of Texarkana called Linden. Uh, it's the, the only way you might know it is the Linden Kildare Tigers, which is the, the mascot of the high school there. Uh, it's a it's a really small town, but a, a great place. And uh, you know, they, those were people who brought me up and uh, and taught me about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm I'm grateful to them, uh, just incredibly. All right, I think I hear the people shouting from Linden right now. <laughs> so uh, well, we're happy to have you on here. And, and Greg, before we begin our discussion about worship and about your article, 
I think I'd be remiss if I didn't inquire briefly about something else that's going on in your world. Sure. Uh, we have known for some time that the pastor of First Baptist here in Dallas intended to nominate Dr. Al- R. Albert Moeller this summer for yeah. the presidency of the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Moeller is a friend of this program. He was just here in the studio last week visiting with Dr. Johnson and taking calls. Uh, but we also we all saw the press release yesterday announcing that Dr. Moeller has asked Dr. Jeffress not to nominate him after all. And I know you work very closely with Dr. Moeller there at the seminary. You're his director of research. And could you tell our listeners a little bit about the circumstances surrounding Dr. Moeller's withdrawal and how we could pray for him? Yeah, sure. Uh, Dr. Moeller went in on Monday, I believe it was, for just a routine colonoscopy. And uh, they found some irregularities in that test and uh, have decided to go ahead and, and do a surgery sometime in the, in the fairly near future. You know, they did some biopsies and other things and, and found out that, that what, the, what they found, the irregularity is benign, so it's, it's not cancerous, but, but still problematic. So he's going to be going in for uh, a fairly detailed and fairly, uh, fairly rigorous surgery sometime in March, we think. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. It's not going to have, a, not gonna have a, an easy recovery to it. So uh, in terms of the SBC presidency, he just thought it would be best for him to, to give all of his time and attention and priority to, to getting through this and ministering to his wife and his kids at the same time. So, yeah, you can pray for him. And I saw him yesterday. I haven't seen him today because he's traveling. But I uh, saw him yesterday, and he seems to be in remarkably good spirits right now. So I'm, I'm really just amazed, given, given the, whole, the whole circumstances. But Dr. Mueller's a man of faith. And, uh, you know, he is a, he's a dearly loved friend of mine, and, a, and, and I honor him as a, a teacher and a leader. So I, I've just been amazed at, at, at how his spirits are. So continue to pray for him yeah. uh, uh, physically, pray for his doctors, and, and pray for his spirit, too, that he'd, he'd uh, continue to look to Christ and, and take comfort in him. Once again, this is Jerry Johnson Live, Denny Burke sitting in. We have on the phone Greg Gilbert, pastor and theologian from Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we're talking about his essay uh, that he wrote recently called Against Music, where he calls for an end to instrumental music in church. And, um, Greg, you know, your article calling for an end to instrumental music, um, I'm betting our listeners want to know what the point of that was. Uh, Could you just fill us all in on what the gist of your essay was, and then we'll, uh, after you talk about that we'll uh, take some calls and by the way if anybody's out there ready to call in 1-800-881-9270 and uh, so greg just give us a gist of what you're talking about in your essay yeah i'll be glad to and denny there, there's there's one little character in the title of that essay that, that uh, you're leaving out there it's i it's left a, it out on purpose i know you did i know you did but i'm going to fill it in because i'm going to get in trouble if i don't it's it, it, the title of the thing was against music but there's an asterisk at the end of that as there is at the end of that call for a moratorium on instrumental music i'm i told everybody at the end of that the the essay that i'm i'm being facetious about that i just you know titled it that and put that sentence on it because i wanted to make what i think is a a pretty serious point and and that is that it it has been amazing to me over the last few years really really since i became an elder in a in a local church here in louisville how many christians seem to be dependent on a certain style of music or a certain level of excellence in music in order to feel close to God. So I, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say uh, something like, you know, I just can't worship in that church, or I just don't feel like I'm connecting with God uh, in that church. And 
You're talking about co- corporate worship then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll go to a people will go to a, a corporate worship service and they'll come away from it uh saying I I just didn't feel like I could connect with God there. I don't I don't feel like I can like I can worship there. And it, you know, the the point of my article is just to to raise some questions and say, you know, to the the people who are out in the congregation, not so much the the people writing the music and performing the music, whatever style you want to talk about, but to say to the people out in the, the pews in the seats, you know, do, do some searching of your own heart and ask yourself some questions and figure out if your sense of spiritual well-being is, is too dependent on some certain style of music, whatever that might be, or some certain uh, you know, uh, uh, level of excellence in music. So and I, I go on and ask some questions, but that's that's really the point, Denny. I'm I'm wanting the people in the pews to ask themselves some questions and sort of shift the conversation from what should the musicians up on the stage be doing to what should the people sitting out in the pew be thinking about the about the music that they're singing and experiencing in their churches. Hmm. This is Jerry Johnson live. We're on the phone with Greg Gilbert from Louisville, Kentucky, talking about his article against music. Greg, let me just ask you. Uh, well, if you mentioned in the article about people saying they don't like the worship at a certain church, and you say, you know, sometimes what they really mean by that is they just don't like the music. Yeah. And um, sometimes when we talk about the worship war, so-called worship wars in the church, what we're really talking about is the music wars. Yeah. Because it's not really a, a war over worship. It's a war over musical styles. Could you expand on that just a, a bit? Yeah, that's right. I, it's kind of an aside in the article, and I just say, you know, look, there's there is a, a name for all of this bickering and back and forth about what, what musicians ought to be doing. And we call it the worship wars. And when we say the worship wars, uh, we're almost always talking about music. We're talking about whether it should be played with guitars and drums or whether it should be played with a piano and an organ. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, when we talk about the worship wars, we're just talking about the music. You know, I mean, if you look at the Bible in the New Testament, worship is this massive thing that goes far beyond the music. Uh, you know, in fact, for, for those of us who are uh, Protestant evangelicals, the, the central act of worship in a church service isn't the music at all. It's the, it's the listening to and responding to the preached Word of God. So, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, when, we, when we refer to the worship wars or when people say something like, uh, you know, I just can't worship there, if you scratch that just a little bit. I think if you, if you go just a little bit deeper underneath there, what you find out is a whole lot of people are just saying, I don't like the music in that church. It's not my style. Yeah. So, well then, if, 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 if worship then, the central piece of worship is um, the preached word, then could you have a worship service, a corporate worship service without music? Well, you know, I, I would hope that, that Christians... Evangelical Christians can't, could worship with uh, just the preached word. You know that that is where God speaks to us. But but as as someone who who believes every single word of the New Testament and the Old Testament as well, uh, the Bible tells us to sing. The Bible tells us to sing praises to God. You know Paul tells us to uh, to worship God with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. So I would never really tell any church that they should cut the music out of their churches. I think that's part of our discipleship to God. I just think we have to be careful with that, not to allow uh, music, whether you're talking about the style or the level of excellence or just music itself, to, to become an idol for us. 
Okay. Well, listen, Greg, we've got people on the line who have uh, comments and questions, so I'm going to let them come in. And uh, we'll talk to them, and then I'm gonna, I've got some actually some more questions for you after that. So let's go to Leah first in Seagaville. Leah, welcome to the program. Hello. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I am. Um, I'm almost 69 years old, and I love lots of music in the church, um, all different kinds of styles. My my one um, objection is the loudness that is uh, is used. And um, just really, I mean, it, it's mostly drums and uh, uh, bass guitar noise that drowns out everything else. And last week, when we, or the other day, when we were talking about this on um, on this subject, um, someone said, "Are people really leaving churches because of this?" And I'm one that left a church because of it. Hmm. I like the music itself. I just don't like the way it was played. Leah, I wonder... Because it, it would just... I could not... By the time the music was over, I was so angry I couldn't worship. Leah, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the church, did you have any significant um, doctrinal differences or no. problems with the preached word no. at all? No, no. Hmm. No, not at all. It was just that the music was was so loud, the whole building was shaking, <laughs> And uh, it didn't used to be that way, but it gradually got a little more and a little more. And several people, especially the older people, um, objected to that, but it didn't, uh, it didn't make any difference. They went ahead and continued with it until a lot of people started leaving. And I wasn't anywhere near the first of it, but I finally just got to the point where by the time all the music was done, I couldn't. I was just so full of anger at that mm. point that I couldn't worship. So I left, mm. and I love all of the instruments, but they just don't have to be played so loud. Well, Leah, thank you so much for your call, and um, Greg, I think we have a lot to talk about just in responding to that one call when we come back. So um, when we get back, we will talk about this, and we will want to hear from more of you to talk about worship. What is it? In the corporate setting, individually, the number here is 1-800-881-9270. 1-800-881-9270. This is Denny Burke in for Dr. Johnson speaking with Greg Gilbert, pastor and theologian from Louisville, Kentucky. And we'll look for you on the other side of this break. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. 
Well, I wonder how many of you have ever felt like that, gone to church and you just think, please let me get what I want this time. Um, this is Jerry Johnson Live, Denny Burke sitting in for Dr. Johnson. We're on the phone with Greg Gilbert, pastor and theologian from Louisville, Kentucky, discussing his article against music. What's the proper uh, way to worship, proper kind of music? Should you have music in corporate worship settings? And he's got a pretty controversial, well, I should say a, a punchy article uh, against music. And by the way, I should mention the website, you can find this article against music by Greg Gilbert at 9marks.org. That's the number 9marks.org. And you can read that article for yourself. And Greg, I thank you for hanging in there and uh, speaking with us on the program. Yeah, Denny, I'm glad to be here. Um, Greg, before we left for the break, we had Leah on the line, and um, she had described her her experience in her church that the music was so loud and um, obnoxious, she thought that she left, and there were lots of people who left, and um, I think that's a word that, that needs a pastoral response, and so I'm going to let you have at it first. Go for it. Right. Well, uh, we, we've talked to Leah for all of, you know, 20 or 30 seconds here, but I, I appreciate your call, Leah. Thanks for thanks for calling into the program. Um, you, you know, I, I can understand where you're, where you're coming from. Uh, you know, if the music is literally hurting your ears, then you know you you may have to you may have to do something and talk to some people and then and then make some kind of decision. But but you know you you seem to be Leo on on kind of a different uh, a different level or or a, the different a different side of things than the people I was talking to in this article. You know, I it, it might be good uh, at at the end of the day for you, Leah, to just ask yourself some of the same questions. You know that that I'm asking of of people in uh, in my my generation, my age cohort, and that is, you know, does it require uh, a certain kind of music for you to feel close to God? And from what you said there, uh, it doesn't sound to me like that was the problem. It sounds like, you know, the the music was just causing you literally physical problems here. Um, but, it, mm. it, you know, it wouldn't hurt you uh, as a Christian to just ask yourself, what helps you uh, to feel close to God? Is, are, are you dependent? Have you become dependent on a certain style of music or a certain... Uh, certain kind of music in order to feel close to God. And if, if you answer yes to that kind of questioning, uh, then, uh, yeah, you might need to spend some time in prayer and, and thinking about that and trying to correct it. Uh, we're on the line with Greg Gilbert in Louisville, Kentucky, discussing his article against music. Should churches put an emphasis on musical styles? Should churches have music? He said sort of ch- tongue-in-cheek that we should throw all the music out. <laughs> uh, he's kidding about that, but um, uh, that was the, the emphasis is really that worship is more than just music. So we want to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments on this, the number is 1-800-881-9270, 1-800-881-9270. And Greg, let me just uh, mention to our listeners that you wrote a follow-up, actually, some more thoughts on music, yeah. and you put a series of questions in that follow-up, uh, questions that people can ask themselves in terms of testing their hearts about you know, am I putting too much of an emphasis on music, or, or, or am I not? And yeah. uh, could you could you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, sure. I the more I thought about this, uh, you know, I uh, it, it just occurred to me that that even in in the rest of the service outside the musical time, 
a lot of people are in the position that their emotions are, I think, unable to engage unless there's some sort of music involved. So, uh, you know, I've heard people talk about how the reading of Scripture, if a, if a church reads a long passage of Scripture, their emotions don't engage with that Scripture unless there's some sort of music playing behind it. Uh, mm. I've heard other people say, and, they, you know, I should, I should say that, that a lot of this is coming from my own heart, Denny. I mean, I've noticed it in me that, mm. uh, that a lot of times a prayer even can seem too plain or too stark to me. Uh, unless it's unless it's backed up by some sort of piano or or guitar playing in the back of it, and and I just I just ask these questions because I I, I want Christians to be careful uh, about what it is that that really engages their emotions. Is it is it music that engages the emotions of a Christian uh, of you as a Christian, or is it the truth of the gospel as it's being presented in preaching or song or? And that's or the bottom prayer. line, right? Yeah, it's, it is. The gospel is that which should be stoking our affections and stirring our heart and bringing us to a transcendent place. Yeah, it's the gospel right. of Jesus Christ crucified that's and right. raised. That's or, right. and, that's, and that's not to say, Denny, that, that music doesn't have a place. Uh, that, that's sure. not at all what I'm sure. saying. You know, I, I am certainly not calling for less music in the churches. I'm not calling for uh, even, even simpler, you know, quieter music in the church. I, I, that's, not, that's not the point of this thing. What, what, I'm, what I'm wanting to say is, you know, music has its place. God gave it to us, and, and we all know that, that we are creatures who are designed to be affected by yeah. music. Uh, but there is a danger that we can become so dependent on music that our emotions can't be fired by the bare truths of the gospel yeah. themselves. Well, we're on the line with Greg Gilbert in Louisville, Kentucky, and we do have callers waiting. The number's 1-800-881-9270. That's one eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero, and uh, let's take another call. We'll go to Vicky, who has been waiting patiently. Thank you, Vicky, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much, uh, Greg. Thank you so much for um, your your article. Uh, it's uh-huh. interesting. I used to live in England. Mm-hmm. I was a missionary there for a few years, and there's this church there um, out in Waltham, uh, not Walthamstow, but out out in out in England. Uh, the the music minister there is by the name of Matt Redmond, oh, yeah. and um, this church had the same kind of dilemma that you're talking about in your article. Mm-hmm. The pastor just really felt like the people were beginning to really rely on the music to stir emotion and to, to lead them to worship. So what he did at that point was ask Matt to just take a month off, hmm. and they actually took an entire month off of the worship as far as music was concerned. They had Matt Redmond for their music pastor, and they asked Matt Redmond to take a month off? <laughs> they did. And uh, <laughs> so he did, gladly, because he wa- they, he, the pastor wanted to teach the people that worship, true worship, was not about music, but true mm. worship was really about uh, encountering an awesome and, and exalted God. Yeah, yeah, Matt. And so he began to teach about what worship was. We sh- we and should let our listeners, I'm Vicky, sorry, go ahead. Vicky, we should let our listeners know Matt Red Matt Redmond, in case they don't know, he's the guy who wrote um, "Heart of Worship." So uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that particular song came out of this experience. If you really listen to the words, did it really? When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come. Mm-hmm. And that song came. He wrote that out of this experience. 
and he came before the first Sunday that they had uh, music back into the worship time. He mm-hmm. sang this song to them and just gave a testimony of when it's all stripped away, when music is stripped away, and we simply come before a holy and awesome God, mm-hmm. then we really find out what true worship is. And I just thought it was just really neat that just really brought me back to that memory of, you know, learning what true worship is, even if you have an amazing worship leader like Matt Redman in your church. So. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for that call. We appreciate that. And i tell you what, Greg, let's go on to Bob, who's in Fort Worth. And uh, thank you for calling in, Bob. You've been patiently waiting as well. Uh, you've got a question or a comment? The, um, probably a little of both. A um, little background. I, I'm 50 years young and um, grew up, you know, when rock and roll was coming on the scene in the 60s two older brothers they were heavy into listening to it my dad was a great listener of uh big band jazz Mm -hmm. i grew up playing the drums so i become a believer at 18 and here i am playing drums in this little christian coffee house Mm. and i've continued to you know do that through my through my life and um in studying you know the observation of you know is it the style of the music? Is it this or that? It sounded like the first caller, her problem was more of an administrative problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. In other words, probably the person mixing the sound was young and wanted that certain you know, sound, a lot of bass and a lot of drums. Mm-hmm. I learned early on that, you know, God, he doesn't need any of it. Um, but if music is anywhere in the New Testament, which I hear people say music ministry, and I've never seen that in the New Testament, but if it's in there anywhere, I believe it's going to be under helps. And music is just for one thing, it's to encourage and help the body of Christ to praise the Lord, to sing the song of the bride. And real music, God-led, spirit-filled music comes from really the people. It's not really in the musicians. They're there to serve an opportunity for that to happen. Hmm. but not to make it happen not with their gifts or whatever talent they think they have. Yeah, when you talk about helps, you're talking about the gift of helps. And, of course, all the gifts are given to uh, edify the body of Christ. And um, So it has to have a, sort of a gospel-centered content to draw people's heart towards Christ. Uh, Greg, you have a response to Bob? Yeah, Bob, what a, what a great point. Um, one of the things that... Uh, uh, that you said there is that God doesn't need any certain style of of music, and you are absolutely correct when it when it comes to that. I mean, God has been praised and, and worshipped with all kinds of music all over the world and throughout the last two thousand years. It's it is just the funny thing is that so many human beings seem to need a certain kind of music in order to worship, and and that's the thing that that we need to to sort of focus in on and be careful with in our own lives. Uh, you also mentioned the, the uh, music leaders and, and worship leaders in a church, if we call them that. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about a lot of the online conversation uh, going on around this, this article that, that I wrote is that a lot of people seem to be asking, well, what, is, what, what are you saying that music, music leaders ought to do? Hey, Greg, yeah. Greg, can we finish this up on the other side of a break? Yeah, We're absolutely. coming up on a hard break. And we want to keep, we want to continue this with Greg after the break, and we want to take your calls. The number is 1 800 881 9270. 1 800 881 9270. Speaking with Greg Gilbert about worship. Please call us.
Well, I know there are many of you out there who've walked into a worship service, taken one listen to the music and thought, can't go for that. And uh, maybe it was a deal breaker for you in that church and uh, you couldn't stay. We've already heard from one caller with whom that seemed to be the case. And we're talking about the issue of corporate worship and what worship is. And on the line with us on the show today is Greg Gilbert. He's a pastor and theologian in Louisville, Kentucky. He's written an article that you can read at ninemarks.org, ninemarks.org. It's titled Against Music. It's been making the rounds in the blogosphere, and it's caused quite a lot of attention, and you should go read it. It's Against Music by Greg Gilbert, and he's with us. Greg, I'm so sorry that I interrupted you there. Uh, We were going into the break, and you were about to say something really good, so continue, please. Yeah, that's that's fine, Denny. It's good to be here with you. I, I was just saying that a lot of the conversation has 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 been, uh, you know, Greg, what are you saying that music leaders ought to do and, and songwriters ought to do? And uh, the answer to that question is is nothing. You know, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really talking in this particular article to to music leaders and and uh, and songwriters. I I think the people who are making songs right now and Matt Redman is is one of them and. Uh, I know there's Bob Coughlin at Sovereign Grace Ministries. Mm-hmm. I think those guys are making some of the most fantastic music uh, in the world right now. So, so to to music leaders, you know, and and people who are writing the songs, keep doing what you're doing. In my opinion, lead the people of God in in musical praise and musical worship. You know, this article is directed at the people sitting in the pews, uh, and it's to it's to ask those people, those Christians, to sort of look inside and take a little inventory of their own hearts and ask how music is affecting them and whether they've become unhealthily dependent on it. We're talking to Greg Gilbert. He's in Louisville, Kentucky, and this is Denny Burke sitting in for Dr. Johnson. Our number here is 1-800-881-9270, 1-800-881-9270. If you'd like to speak with us or ask a question about worship, and uh, Greg, you know, Acts 2, verse 42 says that in the early church, the Lord was blessing them, adding thousands to their number day by day. It says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Mm-hmm. You've got you know four components there. Uh, the first of which is the apostles' teaching, which you know translates for us the the scriptures. Mm-hmm. They were devoting themselves to the scriptures. So here's my test for you, and um, see how you answer this, and uh, see what our listeners think about this. Okay, so. A worship service, a New Testament worship service, with Acts two in mind. Could you have a New Testament worship service without the Word of God, without the apostles' teaching? No, absolutely not. Okay, so that that is an essential component of worship. Yeah. Um, could you have a New Testament worship service and not one note of music taking place? Oh, I I personally, Denny, don't think so. I, I think that, that Paul's exhortation to believers to encourage one another with the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs is, is the sort of uh, warrant, for lack of a better word, that we look for uh, to say this needs to be a part of our corporate worship. Uh, he expects those people who are Christians to be singing songs to, uh, to the Lord. So, so I, I would say, no, you need to have music in your services. It doesn't have to be amped up music. You know, right. I think that a, a service that has uh, a group of Christian believers singing a cappella, some hymns and psalms, is, is sufficient and maybe even uh, beautiful. 
um, you know, in, in its own way that, you know, and by the not, way, not, the, to, not to denigrate that at all, even and by the way, the verse that you keep quoting Psalms, hymns and spiritual Psalms, that's coming from Ephesians five. And I was just reading today in first Corinthians 12, where Paul was talking about corporate worship and prophecy and tongues and all those other things. And he said, some people, everyone is standing up and some have a Psalm mm-hmm. uh, when they stand up. And so it seems to be that there was some kind of a place for this, even in the uh, the earliest church in the first century. Yep. Well, we are going to take your calls. The number is 1-800-881-9270. And we've got Harold on the line. Harold, thank you for waiting and question or comment. Yeah, hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, just wanted to kind of add to the conversation here. Um, you all have some wonderful discussions and topics, and uh, this, to say the least, uh, just adds to your collection. Um you know, Greg has mentioned several times about uh, the Ephesians, um, uh, where we uh, Ephesians five, speaking, yes, where we're speaking to each other in songs, uh, psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's part of that walking as the wise. You know, um, I, I really believe that uh, um, if we truly believe that Jesus is worthy, I mean, it doesn't the the root word here worthship. Um, come to mind, um, and isn't worship a 24-7 thing? But when we're speaking corporately, um, you know, in the church, um, you know, we're just praising to the Lord, however, from the heart, whether it's with uh, strings, uh, you know, pianos, organs, etc., or the bane of drums and cymbals, and etc., to me it comes straight from the heart. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, all of our worship has to come from. When we know that Jesus is worthy, then, you know, 24-7 we're praising him. And, and, and while we're in corporately, we're not only speaking to the Lord that you're worthy and we're praising him, but are we not also speaking to each other and edifying, building each other up, that yes, indeed, mm-hmm. our Lord is truly worthy. Certainly. Thank you so yeah. much for that, Harold. And you know, uh, Greg, Harold was bringing up that the uh, substance of worship is Jesus, and the thing that excites the heart is Jesus, not so much anything else. Uh, could you speak to that? What's uh, a in any worship song, any worship music, what are the essential elements? The essential elements in a, in a worship song. What a great question. Well, I, I would think that, uh, that a right understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done uh, is, is is essential. Um, you know, if you're if you're singing a praise song to God the Father or God the Trinity, you need to have a a right understanding of of who uh, who God is as Trinity, as Father, as Holy Spirit, and a, and a right understanding of of what He's done. Um, so so I'd say those are the those are the essential elements. And and then man, I mean, you've got you've got you know poetry that comes in and just all kinds of different ways that things can be said from the Scripture. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you you know, I've, I, there are hymn books out there that just take the words of scripture yeah. and and set them to music, and th- those are wonderful. That's inspired song, right? So there. one way to uh, to devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, as it were, in music, is to have the music itself, the substance of the word and the lyrics, yep. be regulated by the scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, we do have another caller on the line. I think it's Doug. Who's on the line? Thank you for waiting. It's sorry it's been so long. And for others who are wanting to call in, the number is one eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero. That's one eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero. Doug, welcome to the program. What's up, fellas? I Not just much. To uh, comment a little bit on what you guys are saying and, and what Harold, your last caller, kind of touched on a little bit as well. Um, we're talking about you know what worship is and all the things you guys are talking about. 
um, what you were saying, definitely, you know, worship isn't just, uh, you know, singing in church. You know, your worship goes so far beyond that, and so many parts of your life fall into worship. And I think something that's that's not really been commented on too much is um, the musicians in the church. I think you can also, you know, maybe take away the words of the worship, and if those musicians are on stage, I think there's a lot to be said for giving your heart to the Lord and, and playing your instrument to Him and, you know, all the create creativity that He's given you and, and playing it with excellence and, you know, all the things that come with that. I think that's a form of worship as well. And if, if you're in the service and you're not, you know, maybe you don't feel the, the hard guitar or maybe the, the drums are too loud or whatever it may be if you're not feeling it, I think as opposed to, you know, being offended about that, take yourself out of the picture and, and look at it and feel blessed that you're that you're part of a family or that you're part of a body of church that has musicians that have this level of skill that could be doing a number of things and getting paid for it but here they are in the church and they're part of your body and you guys are worshiping corporately together and they're offering these things to the lord so even if you take out the words and you just have the right attitude as you listen to them play skillfully to the lord i think there's a lot to be said about that as well well, Doug, thank you so much for your call. And, and Greg, Doug brings up a good point because he talks about excellence in music. And in your article, you said, and I'm just going to read a little a little bit here and have you respond to it. You said, I wonder if the whole excellence in praise and worship music phenomenon that we've seen over the last few years, for all the good it's done, hasn't also become had some less than desirable effects on young Christians. I wonder if it hasn't created a generation of functional mystics who gauge their relationship with God by emotional experience rather than the objective reality of redemption. You seem to be connecting an overemphasis on emotionalism with excellence in praise and worship music. Um, you have a problem with excellence? No, certainly not. I, I, I think I've told people before, if, if you force me to pick the kind of music that, that I would prefer in a church, it would be a, it would be a plugged-in sort of Matt Redman, Bob Coughlin sort of, sort of music. So... So I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, what, what I'm concerned about is, is meeting people who seem to have a, uh, who seem to, to base their sense of spiritual well-being on how they're feeling at a certain moment. And how they are feeling a lot of times is connected to whether or not they've been able to worship sometime in the recent past. And whether or not they've been able to worship you know, quote unquote, is is determined on whether or not they've been in a in a setting where there is you know the kind of plugged in, amped up music that you know even I personally like, where the uh, music sort of gigs their emotions, as you put it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you'll you'll find people. I mean, people have talked for for decades about the the mountaintop experience and then the valley that comes a lot of times after a conference, and and I've experienced that over and over again in my life, yeah. and and I have I have wondered if some of that is not a result of just having one's emotions sort of sort of touched by the energy and the you know the the bigness of the music that, that we have at conferences yeah. rather than the objective reality of the gospel well uh, we're talking to greg gilbert we're going to continue our conversation for one more segment the number is 1-800-881-9270 that's 1-800-881-9270 this is denny burke for jerry johnson
If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. This is Denny Burke in for Jerry Johnson, and we're on the line with Greg Gilbert, and we are trying to help you to think about worship, what it is biblically, and um, you know, sort of this issue of treating worship as if it were a synonym for music. And when people say that they don't like a church because of the worship, what they really mean is is they don't they don't like the musical style. And uh, Greg Gilbert has written a very helpful article on this point called Against Music. You can read it for yourself online at the website 9marks.org, 9marks.org, and look for Greg Gilbert's article, Against Music. And Greg, thank you so much for hanging in there. We do have uh, some callers on the line. I figured we'd try to get those in in this last segment, and we'll go to Cece first of all. Cece, thanks for hanging on and uh, for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. I just hope that um, I can verbalize what I want to say to you for writing this article. Um, I just think it's very refreshing to finally hear someone say that um, we worship through the preached Word of God because I truly believe that our congregations in America are missing out on God's heart because we just take the words and take them for granted, and we base everything on our feelings and on the music style, and we're missing it. As a church in America, I really, really think we are. And so it's just nice to, to know of an article like this, and I'm excited to, uh, I want to go home and get on the Internet and read it. So thank you for writing it. Well, thank you, Cece. Yeah, and Cece, make sure you follow up and look at his other one on some more thoughts on music. He's got Against Music and some more thoughts on music there at ninemarks.org. And, uh, Greg, you know, you really haven't said anything about Nine Marks and what your role is at Nine Marks. Would you mind just telling our listeners that, and we'll take another call afterward? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm one of uh, several writers that, that write things periodically for Nine Marks Ministries. It's a uh, church-based ministry from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill Baptist Church, uh, under Pastor Mark Dever. And uh, the, the heart of Nine Marks is to uh, uh, try to speak to the church in America about, uh, about returning to a biblical model of church life. 
Well, and I'll just tell our listeners that Greg writes some of the best reviews of books that you're going to read anywhere, and they're available for free on the internet at ninemarks.org. And he just he reviews all kinds of stuff. It more than just the you know the, the issue that we're talking about today with worship. He he's reviewed books on uh, the emergent church, on theology, just all sorts of things. So I commend the whole website to you, ninemarks.org. I think it's very reliable, very good, and then Greg's work in particular. We do have another caller on the line, Lance. Thank you for calling in, Lance. Comment or question. I, I, yeah, well, I had a comment. I wanted to uh, respond both to uh, your question about, you know, what is the kind of the, the prerequisite for a worship song, what makes a worship song, and also the the comment about music and excellence uh, that a previous caller had made. And it's as follows. I think that what the standard would be for a worship song is that it has to communicate the truth about God, because he's who we're worshiping, and I think that it, it has to communicate that um, I kind of would like your feedback when I'm done about my position in terms of uh, the excellence in music. As I've been to churches before where they had a lot of like guitar solos and things like that, and you know, I, I personally wasn't didn't feel edified by that. And I don't, that could be me, or or I don't know, but it, it makes me think of the passage in in First Corinthians when Paul is talking about tongues and things like that, and he says. If nobody understands me, how are they edified? Hmm. Well, what is being communicated by a, a jam out on a guitar, I'm, I'm not really sure. And so to me, excellence is more about the message and the truth of God and Him being glorified. And I don't mean it has to be fuddy-duddy, because you know, to me, one of the best songs right now is by the David Crowder Band, which is Holy Yours, because the theology within that song is just really rich. So, oh, that's thank you so much for that call, Lance. Greg, go ahead. Yeah, Lance, thanks for your call. Um, yeah, you know, another passage that comes to mind there is is that Ephesians five uh, passage that we've come back to over and over, where it says that that we are to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, I, I, I my opinion is that you are you are right to be looking for some sort of content uh, in a song. Now. You know, if you're if you're with a group of believers and, and there's a tune playing over, you know, the the handing out of the offering or, or or whatever it is, and it's a recognizable tune, you may have lots of people in the congregation who recognize that, and the words are coming to their mind, and and they're they're meditating on the right things. Uh, on the other hand, like you say, you may have you hopefully will have lots of people sitting there uh, who are new to the church and aren't going to know what's going on there. Uh, so yeah, that's that's something to think about. Uh, but at the end of the day, Lance, I mean, uh, again, I, I don't want to sort of shift the conversation to what the musicians on the stage ought to be doing. Uh, you know, that's that's a conversation that goes on sort of all the time. You know, what I what I kind of want to focus in on is is what what should the people in the pews be thinking about their own hearts and how it's affected by music? Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, thanks for that, Greg. I was just thinking about Psalm 33, uh, where the psalmist says, "Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre." Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. It says play skillfully with a shout of joy. So there's a command there. Um, You know, I would say that if you're going in and you're just sort of not trying and, and, you know, it's it's not excellent just because you don't care. Well, I would say that there is a problem with that. So, you know, there's a command. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. And then it says... For the word of the Lord is upright, 
and all his work is done in faithfulness. And to yeah. me, the way I read that scripture is, is that the fact that the word of the Lord is upright and is holy and true and pure and valuable and precious, you ought to try to imitate with your skill as best as you can how excellent you think the word of the Lord is. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Denny. I, let me let me go back to Doug's call because he, he was making sort of the same point that, you know, if you find yourself in a church that has big music and, and excellent musicians and it's just not your cup of tea, there are things that you can do as you as you sit there to get your heart in the right place. And he said, you know, just appreciate that the Lord has given you people with these kinds of skills uh, who can play like this, who could be making money, but they're actually yeah. up here leading the church. But let me let me sort of reverse that. And, hey, and Greg, say, yeah, could you do it in ten seconds? <laughs> I can do it. If you find yourself in a church where the only person playing music is the saint who's playing the upright piano because no one else in the church will do it, thank God for her too. Absolutely. Well, Greg, man, I appreciate your coming on the show. This has been wonderful. I think it's been a helpful conversation, and your article was certainly helpful to me. And just to direct readers once again to 9marks.org. That's the number 9marks.org, and you can read Greg Gilbert's article, Against Music. I think it's very helpful. And uh, really, all things that we do are to be under the glory of God. Our whole lives are an act of worship unto the Lord, not just the music or corporate worship, but everything. And we do that because of what Christ has done for us in the gospel, crucified and raised. We'll see you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.